0: Sunday. Hey Marie. Hey Diane. Happy Sunday to you too. How
1: you doing?
0: I am good. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good. Good. How's the weather in Hampton? It's chilly down there. It's chilly here.
0: Yes, it's really chilly. <laughs> Enough where yeah, you know you yeah. have to wear a coat. You have to wear a coat today. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I've been looking out the window and uh I see people out still out riding bikes and stuff, but they got a lot of clothes on. Hats and <laughs> coats and sweaters. I was thinking, oh, okay, I can feel it kind of already not being, you know, I'll have to heat up like 65 or something. I said could turn up a little bit more, but I can feel it in the house that it's cold out there. Yes. But, but it is December, so. so it should be. So uh, we're supposed to be talking about this book selling thing. I, they should have told us about this 20 years ago, so but um but um what you think what do you think
0: uh i i just got off of it right when he started talking about selling his um his video program and coaching basically is what it was Mm -hmm. i think he had a lot of good ideas um uh so we're talking about right now it was a webinar that we attended um, it was a free webinar called the five secrets to making $5,000 a month selling books on Amazon by Avery Roman Martin. And the reason why we watched the webinar is because we were talking about when I found the book at the library, um, uh, that was, you know, inexpensive for me, but it went on Amazon for you know close to a thousand dollars. So that was one of the reasons I think that we probably watched it. And Diane, you found it. So that was good. I thought it was great information. I like the way he kind of broke it down, um, you know, into you know, finding the books. But he says finding the books and learning how to scan to find the books. And I knew there were apps for doing that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he kind of broke down what those apps were to actually find books that are worthy enough to you know, take the time to list to sell on Amazon. So just high level, what I think, I think if nothing else, that we could scan our own books since we have a library of books and see which ones are valuable enough to sell. And then on top of that, even if they weren't valuable enough to sell, if no one else wants them, we might as well do that if we can get rid of them and willing to be willing to part with them do the fulfillment by Amazon, where you're just kind of getting them out of your space, right, and having an opportunity for someone else to to buy them and maybe make some money off of them.
1: I love it. I I had um I I hadn't looked at it the way in depth that he had did it, but a few years ago I started going to the thrift store and trying to find books that people had thrown away that might be valuable and also who might have been signed so i and there's one book out there by edgar Allan poe uh and i figured because i'm in baltimore area dc baltimore area i might could find this book but it's worth like a half a million to a million dollars i never found the book but i found books where people have left things in like bookmarkers that like on ebay they cost like twenty dollars because what happens when people pass away or move, sometimes they don't feel like moving the books or going through the books I just pack them up and send them to thrift or just leave them at the thrift store. So, uh, I do have some, I kind of looked into this, but not, you know, like he was very thorough, uh, with what he was saying. I I've looked into it, but I think that what I'm going to do, like you said, is the books that I have and, um, Every time I go to my cousin's house, in ba- our cousin's house in Baltimore, uh, in the room that I sleep in, her children's textbooks uh, when they were in undergrad and grad and high school, some of those books upstairs. And so I'm thinking that most people got all these books around the house that's just kind of taking up space. And I said, maybe I'll do it with my books and also my family's books that we just have around the house.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't see any reason not to at least do that. Only, only, especially if you know that no one else is going to want your books, right? Right. I I don't see any reason. That's a no brainer to do that, especially with the fulfillment by Amazon. Just package them up, ship them to Amazon, let them store them,
1: right? And ship them. I didn't. I didn't really understand. So once you set up your account, um, once you set up the account, you set up a you 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 uh, Amazon, you can just ship them. to. How did that work? I didn't understand that.
0: So what is, is if you look sometimes when you look and you just shopping on Amazon itself, let's, let's act like you're just a shopper. You're just shopping mm-hmm. on Amazon. And sometimes you can see where it's coming is shipping from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then you can see where it's shipping for direct from the seller. And mm-hmm. then you can see that third option is shipping from a not Amazon but it's a seller using Amazon's fulfillment center. Okay. Okay. So What he's saying is that instead of you have all these books in your house, you package up the books, you list, you package up the books you want to sell. You list them on Amazon as fulfillment by Amazon. You ship all those books to Amazon. Let's say you ship 50 books to Amazon. Amazon will have a little space, a corner for Diane with your books, They will categorize them. When someone buys your book, you won't touch it anymore. Amazon will ship it for you. Now, of course, because Amazon is doing all of that for you, you're going to get less because you're going to pay an administrative charge for Amazon to do it. But it's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's just and so what he's saying, too, with his classes is he teaches you how to set up the account but I don't know if you need somebody to teach you how to set up the account. I don't, I
1: don't you just,
0: so. <laughs> yeah. You just set up your Amazon seller account. That's a whole separate account, right? You have your Amazon buyer account. There's a whole Amazon central for sellers. So Amazon seller central account. And then I guess there's probably from there you set up, oh, okay, I want to send some things to Amazon, have Amazon warehouse them for me. Yeah. So that, oh, that wow. part is pretty good that, you know, you get all your books out of your space and never have to, if it sells Amazon sells it for you, ships it for you, and you see the check once a
1: month. Wow. Okay. So that's
0: kind of the same thing that I do with my book that Amazon produced. So remember I was telling you about um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the same thing. You write the book, you upload the, the text amazon prints it on demand all you see is the chat you don't ever ship anything out
1: okay so you're saying that i could with with my books that i'm going to ship i can also ship some of my personal books with that with my box of books and they would load everything up on their website oh, Amazon.
0: That, yeah that's one way to do that yes yes
1: yeah okay yes okay one thing that i was thinking um when they was talking about different ways to collect books. And I was thinking, you're already in the mix because you work, uh, you are on the board uh, with friends of the library your community. So, and they, yeah, I was liking some of that stuff. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. And you know what I thought about with that? And this is back to my not really a capitalist, is I thought, here's another angle. The other angle is the reason why these libraries do these book sales for the friends of the library is They take the money, they have a pot of money when the library needs money for like uh, staff meetings or uh, to do the summer reading program for kids. They go to the Friends of the Library to get the money because a lot of the times that money is not within the city coffers, right? So I could see where I wouldn't go to the library and take their books. I could show libraries how to set this up. So can you see that? that yeah,
1: can you yeah, see I that? The, well, you know what I—I I saw that. But another thing I saw is, um, um, when I was doing some research time on sustainability, and they said at the end of every semester, every college they have to bring in kind of sustainable bits like these big bins and trash—you know, those big things. Like we turn up a house to uh, to remodel a house to just draw the kids draw all their stuff because they don't want to take it. Just mm-hmm. think if, um, if 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 we got a group of students, or I got a group of undergrad or of school kids, or any K through whatever sixteen, and and show them the business where they can use their own textbooks, their own library books, and they and kids can start their own book businesses online, especially children or young people who are in college or high school kids that we could train kids how to do it, and I think that. Instead of you know, uh, like you said, a capitalist. But how can we create wealth or create young entrepreneurs instead of just throwing things away? Mm-hmm. That now now books are now not only valuable because they're reading, but now you can take this book and and you know and generate income for your community. You know, like the girls, boys, and girls club, right? Or, um, you know, or of soror- sorority, of fraternity on campus that they are, need to raise money and give back to the community or help their own organization or, um, you know, now, books now are not just stuff we have on our shelves or stuff that people, people actually throw books away too. Like he was saying that you can call, one of the ways he was saying Believe it or not, when he was talking about Nextdoor, I wouldn't have got an apple at the refrigerator. And then I was thinking, what is Nextdoor? And I got Nextdoor. I don't have the app anymore, but I get the emails about neighbors in our community saying they got a bike for sale. I have this. So I actually have Nextdoor as an app, where Nextdoor is just a community app to people in your neighborhood tell you what's going on, what they have for sale, you know, like they have in our neighborhood they'll put like, What was that siren about? why was that fire truck on Fifth Street, you know? And so now I could put out something if I was if I took it to the next level. If anybody have any books, I will pick them up. You know, um so it's just a, a community app. But uh I like the idea. Uh he said he only has ten sellers um working with him now. To me I'm thinking if we start something we're you know it's a ground level type of it's in the beginning I thought it'd be more people out there selling books online Um, but maybe not his method but I thought it'd be more
0: yeah Um, Mm -hmm. I was thinking when you were just saying that um, a couple things is it could almost be a business like a non-profit but a business Mm. like you know that the, the business that collects your junk
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it specifically is we collect your books you know your wow. your family member died we'll come in and we'll get your books uh, you, you know your school you know college you just throw them in a bin we'll get your books we'll have a bin for books. we'll get your books we'll pick up your books I also thought tying this together with the um idea of buying a what was the thing we were talking about Buying and traveling a
1: Winnebago.
0: Winnebago, Buying a Winnebago. What you could do with that is now you could go to all types of thrift stores around the country, right? (laughs) Okay. Go to thrift stores around the country, right? (laughs) I can see a lot of things that you could do with this.
1: All right, Marie. Thank you for the idea because now when I go to my that's talking because they said the biggest thing was RVs repairs and gas, mm-hmm. and so the money that I would make from um the books mm-hmm. I can um send be you know keep the RV up you know uh, instead of using my own money. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that it's uh, I like it. I think, and I, one thing that I wanted to say to uh, the internet world that our family is a family that loves books. Yes, I haven't met that many people in our family who. Uh, don't have a lot of books, don't talk, you know, when they, when I was in graduate school, this girl told me um, when I, I had finished graduate school, which this woman became my friend. And she said, now, you know what we have to, when they ask you to break up into groups in grad school and uh, study groups or work groups that I always wanted to be in your group. And she said, you recognize that? And I said, no, she said, you know, I always want to be in your group. I said, why? She said, cause every time you talked in class, that you never talked about what you heard or what you saw on television. You always talked about what you have read.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so, and I said, you know, I never even thought about that. But I was, th- I was telling her that the reason I did that because when I came out of undergrad, um, I worked in the industry that you couldn't talk about what you heard or what you thought or what you believed. You had to, had to talk about what the research said. I worked in pharmaceuticals, so when I went and talked to a physician or a pharmacist, I couldn't tell him, oh, you should use this drug because I heard that it's good, or I think that you should use it because I think that it would help the company make a lot of money. I had to tell him what the research, his colleagues said or what the research said because what I said didn't matter because you did it with people's lives. And so once you've been trained a kind of way to look at, lo- you know, look at... Re- Uh, information you know um, even now sometimes when I talk to people I never talk about what I think it's really if I it's really what I've read and so once you you can't read it you don't you can't get that information unless you went to a source and and 90 times 90 percent of the times back then it was a book now you can get it on the internet but um, I still love a book Mm -hmm. you know holding my hand to sit and. And um, I packed up all of my books, Marie, most of my books, and gave them and put them in my cousin's basement. But I'm thinking that when this COVID thing is over, I'm going over to her house and spend a week and I'm going to get her and her husband and I, her, her and her husband because he, she still works. And me and him are going to go through all those boxes in the basement between my boxes of books and his children and their books. I know they got plenty of books on the shelves and in the basement.
0: So I would venture to say to you is maybe not wait until COVID is over.
1: Okay. Because I might be waiting. (laughs) (laughs) You might be waiting a long time. (laughs) And
0: those books books (laughs) could be sitting in Amazon's warehouse and selling. (laughs) Yes,
1: but you might be right. You might be right, because I was thinking, wow, wow, wow. I'm glad I, I don't know how I stumbled upon that book thing that I sent to you and we listened to today. But um, but uh, like you said, you had a book. I used to have a book that I just misused the book. I had a book 10 years ago, 15 years ago, worth $500. Um, and so it's amazing that we have wealth around us to not even know, not even know. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Um, but one thing that was, when I was listening to the program, I was thinking about you and me and our family. What is it about a book and reading that makes us so excited about books or reading books?
0: Um, I, I know for me, for me, books save me. Um hmm. They saved me, and here's what I mean by that. So when I left Danville at five years old, all confused about why I was leaving Danville, why I was going to this strange place, I didn't know these people, Uh, I could go into a book, read a book, and escape into a book. And I can remember going into the closet with a flashlight to read um, J.R.R. Tolkien, (laughs) The Hobbit, and just going into that world or little, little House on the Prairie, going into that world. And I escaped the real world I was in into this fictitious world of a book. So that was as a young girl. But then growing up, what I learned is that uh, books, I could go to the library and read about something and go on an interview and get the job. Right. I didn't even have to know what that was about. I could just read about what it was about and talk about it and get the next job. So I didn't need to know the subject or have done it. Um, I could read about it in a book. So to me, books are very valuable. And that's why for me, I just got yours are in a box somewhere. Mine are in the shop categorized the first time I've ever had that. So I've got to be able to get rid of the books to depart, you know, allow the books to be shipped somewhere else and someone else get the book. So I might be ready for that, but. Yeah, books are important to me. I would consider myself a bibliophile, which is someone who's a lover of books. (laughs) What about you?
1: Yes. Well, I was thinking about when you said uh, going into the, uh, uh, it's almost like you you, you could write a book about a book, going into the hiding away to read books. I can't remember loving books as a kid, Uh, but when you you made me think of something, my cousin, our cousin, her son, Ronnie, Ronnie Jr., when he was, when he was in the first grade, he spent his first grade year with his grandmother in Danville. And um, she was excited to put him in a club at school to read a hundred books. I think it was a hundred books throughout the school year. They, were, they had some type of contest at the school he was at in the first grade to read a hundred books. And he was so excited because I think that between him and his grandmother, he was able to read a hundred books within a school year. And so he was in the first or second grade. And um, and now, and I always told him, I always think about him when people talk about books because he's able, you know, he's certified as a plumber, electrician. And he said that the reason that he's certified is not that sometimes he knows how to do it yet, but he can read the book and pass the certification test because he knows how to read well and read well enough to pass certified tests and so reading my husband used to say if you can read you can do anything and my mother told me when I came when I got my first apartment in college she said Diane you won't you can't you don't get a meal ticket at the college but um so we're going to take you to get some groceries and she said I never let you cook because I couldn't afford to let you cook and mess up my food and so I made you watch me cook or I make, you know, let me cut up a tomato, I mean a, a potato, or show me how to cut chicken. But she she gave me um, she gave me a recipe book, a cookbook when I got my first apartment, and she said, Diana, if you can read, you can cook, mm-hmm. and so you can read, so you're gonna be able to cook. And I tell people that I still will go online. And I still like, uh, I used to collect, I used to even collect cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I used to collect cookbooks. Because I used to have whole house little cookbooks. Because one time we had a yard sale and this lady came into the yard sale and she said, well, I see y'all got books here. Do y'all have cookbooks? And my mother and I said, just wait a minute. We ran into the basement because I had a collection of cookbooks that I had bought. But I believe that, um, I, I probably didn't read like you're talking about to escape until uh, I finished college, and when I worked in corporate, I was a minority in corporate, and I was asking God, why did He make me a minority in corporate America and deem me successful? And also, I'm a woman, and so now I'm in a man's field. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying to, um, uh, you know, I'm not the majority race in this field. And so I started asking God because I was, it was too much. I really wanted to just give up. And God told me to read everything about your people and read everything about me that you can find. And then let's talk. So I remember going through the thrift store and just pulling out every book, you know, like a W.E.B. Du Bois, I could find, um, uh, um, uh, Bogartie, you know, Bo- T, Washington. And then um you know, uh, just pulling out all kinds of bibles and apocryphes and uh, devotionals and hymn books and and um and just started reading then I joined a church that they used commentaries and they you know and uh we stayed we stayed we started in Genesis and Genesis might have took us 5 years to just walk through Genesis. And we're using commentaries and uh, additional reading. So I just became a, I I read ravenously. And so I don't I told people I don't have that. Um, I don't ask God that question anymore. I got the I found the answers in the books. Um, and then once you go to books, you have to go to lectures. You know, because you, you know, you find out this speaker that you're reading up this this writer that you're reading about is lecturing or, or giving a book review. And so then they give more books, and so um books were um books liberated me and freed me and um uh, made me to love who I am and love God and love every and love people and so i um books are um they, they gave me freedom
0: hmm. okay. they gave me freedom that makes sense. That's, you know, yeah. As I was thinking um, about what you said, freedom, it mm-hmm. might be. Uh, it might be freedom for me. I might confine freedom for me if I do take. And I probably have. I would probably say close to two thousand books. If I take these books and I go ahead and list them and ship them to Amazon, get them out of my space, it might free me. Because in all honesty, the books I'm reading now are just books about the Bible, whether it's from the Apocrypha, the Law Scriptures, the Pseudepigrapha, or any of those books that is things that they took out of the Bible or that help explain the Bible. And that in and of itself is something that I can do from now till the end of my life and never be done with that. Mm -hmm. so to me it might help focus me and free me to say this is what's really most important right now this is most important do what's most important read what's most important but
1: but also too um, what the thing that I was hearing or I heard when we take our books off our shelves so out of the basement of my cousin's house I actually have a box of books right now in the living room that i said whenever i move i'm only going to take these books but you know what i'm not even going to take those books i'm going to give them up because this is why i'm going to give them up because somebody else would read them and get that escape or that freedom Mm -hmm. but they are if they if we never release them and also too Once you pick a book up and hold it and underline it and do all that stuff, that that's a spirit to me in that book, that you have your spirit when you were reading that book or, or, you know, and that then the spirit of the person who wrote the book now can be passed on to someone else. And so, you know, it's um, it's exchanging your heart or your soul or your feelings about this book with someone else so I'm excited about um getting rid of my books you know at first I wasn't but now I'm excited that I can um get not get rid of them but it's changed my the things that the books taught me and gave me to someone else and let someone else have that you know get that experience of experiencing this book because the book to me is not just a read it's an experience um and every, book
0: has, and every book has its own experience. And so I'm thinking about what you're saying. And if I recall, because I did do this Amazon, put books on Amazon. Oh, man, when it first started, like 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, is that I remember there's something on there that talks about, you know, you don't want to put books on there where you've underlined and you're voting in it. But it doesn't mean you can't do that. That may be your thing, you know, where it is the experience of the book, you know, someone's already mm-hmm. read it. And they've already highlighted some key points. It could be that as well, right? Where when you yeah. list your book, you can show that you know you can show a lot of pictures of you know of of that. So that's that's
1: yeah. I, I think that's I think that's um, you know it might not sell. It's just it's this like it, it lowers the cost of it. I probably do you know. Mm-hmm. But somebody might be looking for that. Right. You know you know you in that and so like since we're not true capitalists we're not doing it for t- all about the money we're doing it to exchange information to pass the information on, to make somebody else have the same uh, or similar or even better experience with the book so what you highlighted i might skim, but you might highlight it and i might ponder that all day you know like oh wow that's interesting that she would highlight that <laughs> you know uh <laughs> and so i think that um I'm excited about this. I'm excited about introducing it to, um, like like this is something you can actually bring up in your friends meeting um, that you all could do.
0: Yeah, I, I intend to. I, I intend to really, the next time we have a board meeting, to really, I'm going to tell them the title of the book that I bought for $5 and the fact that it's selling on Amazon for $800. And for us to look at the quote unquote, what we deem special books, you know, put the app on the phone, scan the books, set up an account for the friends of the Hampton Public Library on Amazon. Exactly. So that, you know, we sit there and we probably make, I don't know, two thousand dollars a book sale. Well, you know, we probably can still make that, plus an additional five thousand dollars for these special books. So
1: Exactly. And then also if they wanted to, because the library is the library and they have they have tentacles, uh if uh, if you want to tell people to bring people, if they can bring books in to B-Scan and for our, you know, uh, fund, for our community fund, and we put those books on our Amazon page because because the library have access to a big database of the whole community. And so people are sitting at home with shelves of money that people in the community could use for projects in the library because the library, like a school they always lose money. And um, I worked for one non, not non-profit, I worked for a public relations consulting firm and they were doing work in South Africa. It's when I was in graduate school it was in North Carolina. And um, the head of the organization that worked in South Africa did uh, phil- philanthropic work. And one time he visits some school in Durban in South Africa and they, they had a library, but with no books. Mm-hmm. They had a school library and no books. Mm-hmm. Maybe five or six, maybe 10 most books on the shelves. And so he came back to the U.S. and asked one of the public school systems in his community to the books that they throw away and the school libraries, would they give it to him? And he boxed them up. And this really was a lot of books, a shipping container. He shipped them to this school in uh, South Africa. So what we take for granted, you know, like your library, actually, uh, not your library. All these libraries they actually kind of purge the shelves every year and sell those books. But there are libraries in the world that have libraries and little or no books.
0: Well, to be honest with you, they can't when they purge the sell, There's those uh, shelves and sell the books. They can't. They can sell the books, but not tax the sale of the books. So the books they're selling are not books from the library. The books they're selling are donations from the community.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I got you.
0: Mm -hmm. So people just like, instead of sending them over to the thrift store, they're just, you know, put them in a a space in the library to sell the books. at Okay.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they don't so y'all don't actually purge, you actually just using uh use books that your your community have already donated to you all.
0: Yes. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well I think that um I think that to me I was then I was listening to the, the guy who was uh teaching or uh facilitating this uh webinar that we just got off. That um I've gone a couple of these probably webinars, two or three of these a month, and I've actually bought some of this stuff, of uh, some of these at these great prices. You know, I love the way people sell. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we went through all of that for selling. Mm-hmm. But um, and some, of the, I bought some of this stuff, and then when I read through it or buy it, it it would be like, how can how can you actually sell this? You, you, you gave it away already, and then how can you sell this? Because it's you know it might be a a, a ebook with three pages, and it's stuff you already know. <laughs> it's like like you said, why would you need them to help you set up an Amazon account? If you if you if you don't know how to set it up, you can Google, you can go on YouTube and Google, I mean put in how to set up an Amazon book account. You know, and so they would and they would take you step by step. But one thing I've learned from going on these type of webinars is that the information that you have and take for granted that you can monetize it if you wanted to, because that's all he's doing. Because to me, he's not going to tell me that much more than I can learn on YouTube or just figure out as I do it, you know, but, but at least he, you know, I'm not mad with him for doing it. But to me, he has put it in a, a a way that he has monetized it, and he it's a teaching monetizing type of thing. But to me, that most people have something they can teach, train, and sell someone else. That we take it, we we think that is is. Kind of for naught, but to me, um, it's a lot that we could, as individuals, people who've been trained by other folks, can train other folks to do business. And that's what I was listening to him like, why would I buy this? And you kind of, all you can do, you already walked us through it. I took a few notes, and all you got to do is just go do it and learn as you do it. But he's taken and made a whole, you know, CDs and workbooks and. I'm not mad with them, but I was thinking, you know, I I don't think that way all the time when I go on these things. I always think great that they monetize their idea. And
0: I thought, I thought, you know, he was absolutely using the funnel approach of, of monetizing something where it is first do it, show that you can do it and be successful at it. Then tease people with, you got to have a teaser, free teaser, Give them a little bit of information, but not all your information for free, and then you set them up for the, the kill. Where, <laughs> where you tell them you want more information? Well, the more information is going to cost you fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> you don't have to pay fifteen hundred dollars. You get paid three ninety seven if you sign up today. You know, so that's what I text you and said, I'm you know, I'm done. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I got it. I don't need any more. Uh but yeah, I mean that's what he did. And the thing that I liked that he did that was really interesting, uh, was the interaction. So he made it very interactive by, you know, put a one in if you're with me, right? So people are putting a one in, but that what that probably did for him Is that also let him know who to keep emailing, who to keep texting, Mm. most interested people? If you notice, he had about two hundred people on that call, two hundred twenty people.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Wow, oh wow, I didn't know that.
0: So the way that you, you know at the very end when he started selling, at the very end he started selling, he took away the comment screen on the right. And he put up mm-hmm. just the screen about this program, how to buy it, how to get it for however much he was selling it for. And then if you went to the very top, you could see the number of people that won. It was like 220. You know, and then it kept ratcheting down because people were leaving. Uh, but he had about 220 people on the call. So that's why he kept saying, if 100 people sign up, then I'll give you this special offer. But to me, he did a great job. I mean, I could see where people would, sell, would sign up and, you know, and but then if you're smart and you have been around for a while, you could look at the pictures of the people who he was saying was doing so well. They didn't look like they were doing so well to me. I mean, they didn't have that look of success to me. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> so you Well, you know what? I I was thinking that, but I was thinking so they're doing well too, but they're not spending it. this is what I was thinking. Those are the people I see because I, I told you I should go to the thrift store and look for books. Those are the people who've been at the thrift store looking for books with me. And I know they're not looking for books for to read. They're looking for books to sell on Amazon. And so it's a look. And so these are your thrift store shopper look, you know. And i was, <laughs> it's not the, uh, uh, you know, the Wall Street pinscrape suit look. But I can't tell, Marie, because I met those people he had on a thing in the thrift store looking at books. Mm -hmm. Some people who go to thrift stores and uh, those types of, you know, secondhand stores, they are not in there to buy more junk to go in their house. They in there with a mission to find certain things that they can resell or they're looking for. Yeah, Yeah. mm
0: -hmm. I mean, and I used to do that on Etsy. I had a really good thriving little thing going with Etsy with unique purses. I would go to Mm. stores and find these unique purses. And I like to look at purses and I would take the purse and sell it on Etsy. And so absolutely, I could recognize those same people going to the thrift stores doing exactly what I was doing. Um, And also what I thought about with him was that, and, and Avery, if you ever hear this podcast, we're not downing you probably doing a great job but that nine hundred fifty thousand dollars that he was showing it doesn't necessarily mean it was from just books he, you know on his account he could be selling other things other than books right so it doesn't necessarily mean that because you got to think, if you're made that he said in two years he made that nine fifty that's what he said that he obviously someone has told him to find another source of income and you can find that with these CDs or these this coaching, that type of thing. So if it was that easy, so well, you wouldn't be willing to have a hundred people text you for one on one coaching. Right. So, I mean, to me, it was great information, but then it stopped right there. I, it was no more not going any further from me.
1: Well, I think that um, I was, I was. That's what I was going to ask you too. Was that nine hundred some thousand or six hundred some thousand? Is that gross or net or just so? Was, you remember? Or was it gross or yeah? So or was it just you send the books in? If they all the books sell that you have on your, your your in your bin at at net at Netflix, I mean at Amazon, if all those things sell, you would make six hundred thousand. But it's not mean that you actually got the
0: six hundred thousand. Is that right? So that nine hundred fifty was his sales. What his profit margin is is he said anywhere between thirty and fifty percent. So think thirty percent of the nine hundred thousand, or the top fifty okay. percent, okay. so four hundred thousand dollars. And so then I got to think though, and, and then he showed, and that kind of works because he showed four hundred one thousand dollars going into his account. Remember? So it's two different things. So it was what his sales were versus what they transferred into his account. See what I'm saying? So he's got this Mm -hmm. this seller account that says, oh, you sold a book for $20. Okay, great, great. You can see that happening. But then on on the other side of that, the end of that is once a month or once a quarter, Amazon says, we have just did our analysis, and this is how much money we have just deposited into your bank account. That's what they do, Okay.
1: right? Okay, but also too, uh, I was just thinking about Amazon. is brilliant, even though you know people think they are bad. They're brilliant because they given they every they allow every American to be like an entrepreneur, and they manage the uh, the transaction fees, and they they manage the transaction. And you have a little store, little you know, a little store, and they manage the, all your transaction and give you. Uh, uh, a profit from things that you
0: yeah uh, but they get but, um, they get 70% right so you sold the book for $10 they get $7 you get
1: $3 and you did all the work of picking up <laughs> all those books and scanning them and uh, doing all of that and but you know one thing like they said they're not they're storing them for you that's mm-hmm. you know, they're storing the, the house where you store your own books and it's uh, they're storing them for you and taking care of them but um it's um, you know, I think that um, uh, I think for libraries, I think every library should have an Amazon account. Mm-hmm. Uh, public library. I think that every school should get the kids. They have a a library club where every school has these library the the school books that they purge that the kids manage mm-hmm. the library. Um, uh, that could be uh curriculum. You know, funds to do stuff at school. Um, I think that every family who, you know, when you have a whole bunch of folks in the, you know, from little kids to adults that's reading and accumulating books, that um, they should have an account. I think that everyone should have an account. And to me, it's a. Uh, when I was listening to him talk, I thought about sustainability because people throw books away and they do fill up our uh, landfills. But this is a way that they're recycled and um especially textbooks and colleges, because if they if you Google any how many textbooks are thrown away in colleges, a lot of kids, don't, you know, because they pay for them, their parents pay for them or some grant pay for them that they just um, they don't walk them down to the bookstore and get, see what they can get from. Them. They just throw them in the trash when it's time for school to be over when class is over uh, when they were you know, on campus. So uh, I think it's a great way for sus- book sustainability in this country. Think about this,
0: Diane. Think about this. This is what I thought about. First, I thought about two things when you were talking. And, and I'm not, it's not that I'm not listening to you when you're talking, but it just, just kind of like you, when I'm talking, it sparks something, right?
1: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The
0: two things I thought about is that because of the way they rewrote the tax law, these donations don't count anymore. You can't write them off right so you know people just give things at thrift stores and they don't even you can't write it off anymore right that's number one so you can throw it away you might as well throw it away instead of waiting to go pick it up that's what people are thinking in their mind right number two think about if there was a, something like you know how they had the little libraries like all over town where you can put a book in and take a book out
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. think
0: about if there were all over town all over the country Something similar to um, a mailbox, those little blue mailboxes. Mm. You put your books in there, you don't want. And then this company, that'd be us, pick up the books
1: <laughs> and sell the books. Oh, I like it. I, you know, I thought about when I was thinking about when he was talking, I thought about all kinds of things. Then I was thinking, this is what I was thinking. I said, you know, I've been trying to always find other little uh, side hustles uh, to do, but I said, you know, who wouldn't want to do a book? You know, we love books because most time when you pick up a book, you're going to me, not you. I'm going to say me, even though I might not want the book, I might still read uh, like a page or the cover or flip it over, see who wrote it. And so just think if I took on this as kind of, as a senior citizen as a side hustle or something else I could do to create income for myself as a supplement, you know, um, my retirement. So I was thinking, yeah, but then if like a business, like who wouldn't want a book business, you know, like this is us, Thank you know, you. nerds, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't be looking at books all day long. I would, I would love to. Oh yeah. I love that idea, Marie. I think that, um, I think that it's a it's an easy business plan book. It's an easy business plan. And then I think that we were, just think how many people we employ. You employ the people yeah. who who set, set up the uh, little uh, boxes to pick on the streets, to pick to, to store the books. The people, the trucks, that got to pick them up. The truck drivers who have to pick them up. The people who have to uh, get them in, scan them, you know, get and box them up and send them to Amazon. That's about 10 jobs for some, you know, persons that needs to be working. That's ten jobs. That's right. And um yeah, and so that's the way I look at it. you know, that's the way that's uh that's really uh helping the community and serving the community. But um yeah. I thought about a lot of things when he was talking. Mm-hmm. Uh that people that in this country we have so much we don't even value books. We don't even value books because people throw books in a trash can. You can go to any trash can, and if you were, I, I look at dumpster divers sometimes on um, on um, uh, YouTube, and people people throw away books, you know. Uh, and most dumpster divers, they don't want them. Um, they'll look at them and say, Oh, it's a box of books. Mm-hmm. It's just a box of books. And like you said, it could be an eight hundred dollar book in there. It could be a two thousand dollar book in that box of books. But because we don't value books, um, you know, they just throw them. But one the thing he did say in the beginning, I don't know the, the exact percentage, but it was like a three, a, a like ten or twenty percent increase in the amount of people that are buying books online since COVID.
0: Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, he said before COVID, people were buying online, you know, twelve percent online. After COVID, mm-hmm. 52% online, wow. just online, online total. Amazon, people were buying, on you know, before COVID, 38% online. After COVID, it's 60% online. Wow. So 60% of the sales for retail is going through Amazon online. And, you know, I'm thinking, Diane, I'm thinking in my mind, One, start with our own books. That's number one. That's a Mm no-brainer. Number two, there is probably a way to hack this whole thing completely, right? Where, like he was saying, what did he call them? The walruses, king walruses? You know, Mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. come up with something. Like, we're thinking a little bit outside the box. Like, you know, to really come up with something where people want to send you the books you know, there's you know incentive to send the books. To give you the books, you know. So there is a way. There's a way. You just gotta think about it.
1: Yeah, it'll come to us. But I think that um, like you said, we learn the business by selling our own books. And I, I i thought about what you did say. Um, don't wait till COVID is over, go to my cousin's house and get my books on to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, because they just sit in the basement. And, um, it's just, you know, it might be, uh, might be my down payment to my RV or my RV paid in full right in the basement.
0: That's just, right.
1: <laughs> just, you know, it's just, that's like sitting on extra cash that I didn't think about. And, um, and you know what I just thought about, you know, not only thrift stores, they don't, well, because the COVID don't do it. I actually also go to a lot of, um, flea markets and people have flea markets and, uh, uh, books at the flea market. And one of my friends, he actually, um, he's found, he showed me like, um, like, uh, real rare African-American books and, and albums that he's found at the flea markets. Because again, when people die or people move into homes and stuff is left or they just, you know, Give it away or pack it up and say, you know, what are we gonna do with this? And so people sell it, you know, or if they have storage units and a lot of people who have flea all these flea markets up here. One guy, one woman I met, she said she just go to storage auctions and, um, you know, and buy them, and then just it helps with her for her flea market inventory. hmm But it be books out. It be books out there. Um. So, um. Uh, then I met one guy. He said he just goes to estate sales and get books, and he sells them. Uh, he's he used to be at Howard University. He sells them like a, a street vendor. He'd Just have a, a table with a lot of old books out there that he sells. And he said he gets them from estate sales in D.C. And so, and they would be like uh, very rare books, um, and you know, different books on different subjects. And uh, he would be so excited about them. I would go over and look at them sometimes. Maybe I bought one or two from him. But uh just think a person like him could go on amazon not only uh buy some buy more books but also sell his books. He don't have to be standing out there in the cold um for all types of weather uh selling his books he could sell them on amazon right. mhm but yeah, I think that the uh the the box thing the business thing like you know how you throw away clothes you can throw go to the, those little uh, bo- uh, yellow boxes on near Seven Eleven, they have them. You can throw all your old clothes in there and your shoes, and they pick them up. To have a, one to pick up a books would be really fantastic.
0: Yes, I think so.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. Then we can be on Amazon. We, But, you know, you said it was 200 people. I didn't realize I thought it was 200 people on there. Just think, if he had two hundred people on it, I think his his uh his package cost was like it was twelve or fifteen hundred dollars. Then he gave you this grand, this great price just for today, a three ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Just think, if fifty of those or say uh, ten of those people bought that, he made three thousand dollars in four forty five minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's got a lot of work to do. I mean, he's done a lot of the legwork with all his videos he's already created. But I think that one-on-one coaching may be a little bit for him, you know, to keep up with with people because he offered that one-on-one coaching.
1: People are not going to call him because once I started for one of those things uh, about a month ago, I only made $11. I spent $300 for $11. That yeah, um, You could do one page. They'll show you how to do your one-page advertisement, one-page advertisement for any product that you have. And you're supposed to make all this money because you send it out to social media, and we have to pay for those social media ads, and people are supposed to do it. But when I got the package, first a lot of things that is in the package, they told you during that webinar. Okay. And so, and then a lot of the uh, the reading and the writing, they copied from somebody else who's already selling on Amazon. It's a lot of cutting and pasting, you know. That's what it looked like to me from some other source, and then some of the sources, and then that that online one on one he's talking about coaching. That people are not going to really call him or text him because once you started doing it, it's kind of self intuitive, and also you can um like when you it's it's already there like when you you. When you get ready to call them, they're going to send you to it. Like, it's almost like the Social Security Administration or government agency. Once you call them or text them, he's just going to send you a link. You know how you Google something, you ask Google something, and Google will send you to a page to show you how to do it? Yes. That's what he's going to do. So he's he's that's a way to entice you to come. This is what I found out from buying some of this stuff, that it's, not, it's one-on-one. You're going to text him. It's not like his real cell phone. You're going to text him and then he's going to, somebody's going to read it and, and then text you a link to go find the answer. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So that's not going to be a lot up on his time. So he's, they figured out a process for that. Okay.
1: Yeah. They, they, and I'm sure he probably went to an Amazon class because he's probably an Amazon super seller. And so Amazon has taught him how to do this part of it. Okay. Just monetizing his what he's learned amazon probably told, taught him how to monetize what he has learned and and get make three or four thousand dollars every week by doing this class
0: so just in case there's anybody out there that's interested um you don't have to take really go to the webinar unless you want to. Well, it was free, but you're interested in in selling your books on Amazon uh what he talked about it was like five different things to do first you got to you have to scan your books then you have to find a way to source your books you got to list your books optimize the process and then scale the process so to scan your books there are two apps one app is called scoutly the other app is scout iq so you put you download those apps You scan the books and they'll show you which books are profitable. If it shows up in green, it would show you what the profit was of selling it on Amazon. So I think that's really key. And then for sourcing the books, Mm -hmm. what Diane and I were talking about is going to library sales. And he was kind of talking about getting in good with like the best of the friends of the library so you can I didn't like what he was saying, you know, help them set up and you kind of scan your books at that time. But basically, if you go to library sales, so kind of like I did, you could find good books and scan the books at that time. Also, thrift stores. He was talking about the back room, you know, going to find some the manager at the book at the thrift stores. see if you can go to the back room and scan the books. But you could just go to thrift stores and scan your books. And then he was talking about Nextdoor, which, you know, it's an app for your community. So it only work in your community where you can tell them that. You know, you would pick up their books for free. That's how you can get books. So that's the finding the books. And then listing the books, that's what we were talking about, Amazon uh, FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon, which is where you can ship them books. He gave an example. You can ship 50 pounds of books for less than $12. So you're paying, the shipping you're paying is just to ship the books to Amazon. You're not paying the shipping to ship every book out to the people who sell the book. You sell the books to Amazon will pay that. So then the optimization of all of that is that you have a Amazon Prime account. And when you have an Amazon Prime account, then all the sales that, you know, your sales of your books will be check. It will be, it will show Prime. And that way that you have a little bit of a leg up on other people selling that very same book who may be selling it from their house and people got to pay for shipping. So this is no, you don't have to pay for shipping. We're going to ship it in two days. Right. So that was the optimization and then the scaling part he was talking about—that's just a mindset of, uh, you know, making your business bigger, knowing that you have to find the books, list the books, and price the books. So that's kind of what he talked about. Uh, so if you're interested in doing it, if you have a lot of books, you love books, it's just one way to make money.
1: Great, Marie. See, see, Marie, you could sell that program yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> And it's only, I would do it for, she would do this for 150 for all of her, for this class, she would
0: do it for 150 <laughs> But no, Diane, a part of the process is I got to do it myself and then show online where I've made about, you know, $10,000. <laughs> so I'm saying all the people out there who are good-hearted people, it's not hard. Don't think it's hard, but you don't have to pay the person a lot of money to do it. Uh, but it is something that you know it's an opportunity for you to make money on the side doing something that you might enjoy doing
1: great all right girl we did another one yes we did yes I love this one too all right well have a great week and um, enjoy the rest of this uh, 2020
0: you too Diane and uh, another episode of Cousins Dropping Knowledge
1: Yes. All right. Good night.